Hi, I'm Meredith. I'm Kristen. And this is The Writer's Story. Um, today we are going to talk about um, writing groups and conferences and a writing community. And we have a special guest today, um, our friend Deb Prom. Yeah. Um, but we were going to talk a little bit about our own writing communities that we've found and um, the pros and cons of those. Yeah, <laughs> and a little bit about a little update on our own work. That's right. Yeah, now that we're in the middle of July. <laughs> yes, yes, and it is hotter than blazes. It's a good time to be working in the shade, <laughs> if not air conditioning. Yes. So, yes. Meredith, where are you with your work right now? Right. Well, I had gone into the summer thinking that I was going to be revising. Um, but I found that I'm not finding those big chunks of time that I need to really do a good job revising. Um, and after doing a little on a project, um, I, of course, got a bright, shiny object. I had an idea for another project, and that was a thriller. And I'm about uh, 21,000 words in. And just finding it fun and interesting to do, to plot it out, and write, trying to write between 500 and 1,000 words every day. So I feel that the, the win is that I'm actually producing something yeah. <laughs> in the middle of summer. So. Yes, it's great. It's great. And that new project, Siren Song of the New Project. It's so shiny. And, exactly. So, yes. So that why is, not? Yeah, so that is what I'm up to. What about you? you you're, you are revising, you said. I am. I'm doing some uh, revising to the middle grade novel in the kitchen with Gracie May that... Um, has some recipes in it, which is fun, but also trying to make sure that I attend to the voice that a girl of her age, about 11, would have, and also um, changing some of the some of the desire line. Um, without getting into the detail, it's, uh, I think, something that will improve the project uh, without being an onerous <laughs> rewrite. Right. I also have been uh, just finished a read through revision. I don't even know how many times now of the historical fiction set in the ancient world that I am taking the plunge and sending off to a freelance editor, a woman who uh, had worked for HarperCollins for a long, long time, both fiction and nonfiction, and is out on her own uh, editing for hire. And I met, had an opportunity to meet with her in New York, and I am impressed with the work that she had done already. And so I'm looking forward to the feedback that she might give to me on that project. Right. And so... We had talked before, I mean, there's all sorts of feedback you can get, and there's professional feedback, and obviously the feedback from your your agent or your editor, and then also, of course, feedback from someone that you hire. And then there's feedback you can get from other writers, um, whatever uh, experience level they are. And and, I, and that can be, they both have value. They both Absolutely. have value. And yeah. um, so yeah. I think the interesting thing has always been, for me, how do you find people that you want to share your work with, that you trust, 
and that will give you something valuable in return for that trust because um, I don't know about you, but I have actually been in toxic writing groups before. (laughs) (laughs) They happen. They happen. And um, they can be really paralyzing. You don't, you may not understand that you are a sensitive person, but you are. And so when someone gives you feedback, which might be really about where they are or their anger or whatever's happening in their own lives, it can be a little bit damaging. So you have to be careful, I think. You have to go very carefully and it's not um, something to just answer, a, you know, an ad for a writing group and just go right into it. Um, some ways that I have found writing groups in the past. Um, one was through a class, uh, which is really great because you actually do critique each other's work often in classes. And so you actually know who you like. By the end of the class, you're like, wow, that person has a lot of great things to say. I think it's been really helpful for me. And I like the way I like their writing and I'd like to read more of their writing. So that can be very helpful. Um, another way I found, um, a great writing group was through um, a mystery organization, writing organization, which is not not really writing group oriented, but it um, Sisters in Crime. It's to support um, female mystery authors, and so you meet and you have speakers and that kind of stuff. But I ha- we had a spinoff writing group that was very helpful to me on my first book because I don't think I would have gotten published without them. I mean, they were, they really taught me how to write a mystery. So that was really, very useful too. Um, and then, you know, there's also conferences and all sorts of ways you can meet people. And I know lots of people do this online. Yeah. I have never done it online and I have, um, the experience I have with writing community is, um, with sharing work with one or two people, not with a whole group. I'm trying to think if I've done that really ever. And a Apart class. from a class. Right. Yeah. So screenwriting. You took screenwriting. Yes, yes. Um, and some individual day or two-day seminars where in work was shared. And I'm actually looking forward to I'm going to Key West in January. What's not to look forward to, right? <laughs> um, where I will be in a, a, it's a workshop environment. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to that. But I have had nice experience with the writing community of writers who are not actually sharing work with one another for editing or critique, but share their process, their projects in a verbally. We get together and talk about the work that we're doing. And I found that to be have its own value. Um, it certainly when you have a healthy writing group, I think is super valuable yeah. to get that feedback. And as we all know, the f- feedback, or I should say responses to work is always subjective. People's opinions and feelings and tastes are varied. And so you uh, need to weigh your own passion about the project's direction or character or whatever it is that's come up for question against the possibility that whoever is providing you critique suggesting you should change may themselves uh, may be one of ten with the other nine thinking they love it just the way it is yeah. so it's um it's helpful to have a bunch and we've talked about this I think before Mm -hmm. of having a number of people 
read a single project because then you can you have a critical number of people weighing in on one problem would indicate to you or one thing as a problem right. indicate to you it really is and I haven't actually ever found that there's really any secret to the number um maybe more than one but I think um I think what's helpful is the trust and the carefulness of your reader so if someone reads a lot and they're a very careful reader and they're not, they're not necessarily very, um, they're not being trying to be too careful with your feelings, understanding that you're a writer and you are presenting this. So they're not saying, Oh, it's great. You know, yes. which is not helpful at all. Yeah. Uh, but trying to understand what you're trying to do. Yes. And that's, I think the biggest thing, because I think the more harmful, uh, situations I've seen with writers is that you have written something and now I'm telling you that you shouldn't have said it in Babylon and it yeah. needs to be X, Y, and Z and it has to be this. And, and that's not healthy. Yeah. Because what you have done is come to me and said, I have written this book and it is set in Babylon. What do you think? And so now I have to say, well, you know, there's these moments in here where I didn't believe it was an ancient history. Now that's helpful for you. Yeah. Because now you can look at it. I'm not saying, oh, this is how you fix it or yes. anything. I'm just saying right here, I don't know why, but I stopped believing that. Yes. Maybe it was the name and it felt too modern. Maybe it was something that they did that felt too modern. Now that's helpful. Now you can look at that again and say, I wonder why she got that feeling, not... I must fix this or I have to change it into something that is her whole view of what the book should be. And that's, yeah. I think, the really important part and that there's a lot of trust involved, I think, with um, with a writing group. Um, the other thing is understanding that as soon as you put up blocks, you're not going to actually hear feedback. So a lot of writing groups or the way I do it in class is you're not allowed to speak during a critique. Um, which sounds very weird for people. But as soon as um, you say to me, this doesn't seem very modern, and I say, well, Ashley was a very common name in the <laughs> Roman era, whatever, then we, you suddenly now you're like, oh, I can't actually give her any feedback because she's just going to shoot me down. And so yes. you retreat, and then I get probably more belligerent. But quite frankly, it doesn't matter if Ashley was a popular name. It doesn't sound like yes. a name that belongs there. And is that really the hill you want to die on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those are the kinds of things where you could just say, yeah, uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yes. I yeah. hear what you're saying. Yeah. Thank you for your feedback. Yes. And then whether or not you change the name is just, you know, it's up to you. It's yeah. up to you. But I think that's the thing. People get very uh, upset and feel like this thing was perfect. I worked on this so hard. How dare you? say anything's wrong with it, and that's not the attitude you can bring to a critique group. It just won't work. Yeah. It just yeah. won't work at all. Yeah. So, so and, the, and the other one is people who are just so like, here, I'm bringing this to you, now fix it. Yes. Yeah. And everything you say, they do. Yeah. It's just like that, like it's going to end up perfect. And it's just like sort of, I don't know, it's like putting too many... I don't know, flavors on in, in your cooking. It doesn't, at the end, it doesn't, it's not yours and it's not theirs and it tastes funny. Yeah. <laughs> well said. All right, that's my one cooking analogy. <laughs> it was perfect. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, 
We are really looking forward to hearing Deborah Prum's take on these things because she has been, as Meredith mentioned, um, working with writing groups for many, many years. And so she's seen different folks come and go and has probably seen all forms of um, critique given and received. Yes. And also um, Debbie teaches just like we have done. Um, And then, and I'm actually in her critique group. (laughs) So I'll tell her if she's wrong. No, just kidding. Um, So let's bring in Deborah. Well, we're here with um, Deb Prom, and we're excited to talk to her about writing groups and hear a little bit about her own writing story. So welcome, Deb. Thank you. It's good to have you with us. We're excited to be here. Great. We'd love to hear a little bit at the outset about your own writing journey, how you came to be a writer, and um, when you knew you wanted to do that. Well, I uh, my first memories as a writer was sitting at uh, our Formica kitchen table in a tiny apartment in New Britain, Connecticut. I was about nine years old, and my mother had a royal typewriter, and I was typing out the, the, the future of all of my cousins. I had 16 first cousins, and we all <laughs> lived in that tenement. Not all, everybody lived in the tenement. Some of them did. And I wrote out their little histories of what they were going to be and what they were going to do. So, And after that, I went on to another career in medicine and uh, health planning. But uh, probably about 20 years ago, I started writing again, starting with uh, children's books and also medical writing. Uh, And right now, my writing falls into three categories, um, young adult histories, and I've written a book on the Renaissance, and I've written a book, an iBook on um, Russian history, and lots of sections of books um, on the barbarian hordes and Philistines and such. And then the second kind of writing that I do is uh, fiction, short fiction, uh, short stories that have appeared in lots of different places, including uh, Virginia Quarterly Review, Sweet Bay, Streetlight, lots of different places. Um, and then the third kind of writing is uh, essays, and my essays appear uh, in print, in magazines, and in newspapers, and on the air and NPR member stations. So that's what I'm doing now. Right. Yeah, it's a storied career, <laughs> and we we are familiar with. It's wonderful, and you have had such experience with writing groups. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about the writing group that you and Meredith are in together. And if you want to start with other writing groups you've been in, that's fine too. Or we could go right to this one. Well, well um, my, my husband uh, uh, tricked me after we were married and decided to go into medicine. So he started out um, in med school right, as we, right after we got married. So we moved six times in nine years. So I had the experience of being in writer group, writer's groups all over the country. And, um, and it, it really informed my opinions about what a writer's group should be like. So um, I could just tell you about yeah. ones. Uh, yeah. One of the ones that stands out to me that was, uh, and, and it was a negative experience and it really informed the way I wanted to have a writer's group or be part of a writer's group. Um, it was at a very uh, reputable institution. It was actually a, outside the walls, I guess it was called, um, educational program. Um, and the person running it, I think was a frustrated writer. She didn't have much published. Later I looked her up 
and she was vicious. I mean, she it was amazing how she would cut people to pieces oh. in this in this uh, group. Um, and I was amazed that um, anybody would want to go on to be a writer. And I, I saw the difference between uh, a good critique and a destructive critique. Mm -hmm. And amazingly, one person did leave the group and uh, go on to be a professor of creative writing in another uh, educational institution. And I, she happened to like my writing, which was a miracle. Um, but uh, it really taught me about uh, the value of uh positive, honest feedback versus um, feedback from someone who just wanted to make themselves feel better uh, by cutting somebody to pieces. So that was that was something that was, a, there was a marked difference between those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there's two, there's two sort of lame people that you do not want in your writing group. And the first is <clears throat> someone who is, as you were saying, destructive. They have something that they're that they're frustrated about and they're taking it out on your writing. And the other is um, the person who says, Oh, it's great. Right. Yeah. And those two are just sort mm -hmm. of not, they're pretty worthless in a writing group. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you know, negative mm -hmm. negatives. I mean, those are the two things. And I know that a lot of people do want to give their writing to someone after they've worked really hard on it and have them say, don't change a thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but usually in a writing group, you're coming with a draft that's that you're looking for some feedback, and, and I think that that's, that's really mm -hmm. important. Yeah. The, the, well, the thing I've learned about most, when I, every place I've lived, I've tried to form a writing group, is that the chemistry of the group really, really, really matters. And um, um, I always look for people who are generous with their time and their comments and who are basically not miserable about writing because that misery will infect others. And to me, um, when I have someone critique my work, even if it's something that has just lots and lots of uh, suggested changes or whatever, if I leave that critique session and I can't wait to get back to my typewriter or computer or whatever, yellow pad, um, I know that it was uh, a, a good experience. It was a building experience. If I leave a group or leave uh, read someone's comments and I just want to give up writing, I realize um, that's not such a good thing. It's not healthy. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love what you're saying. Though. Leaving, wanting to to get back to work, I think is the best is the best measure. Yeah, yeah. Being encouraged. Yeah, and how do you? Um, so how have you found the writing groups that you have had? What do you mean? How do how, how, how did I you found find other people? Yeah. Uh, I usually, when I get to a town, when I, in the past, uh, or organize one myself, or um, when I, when we were, when my husband's training at Duke, um, I took a class there in writing and I spotted some people I thought would be great people to work with after the class and um, got a group going that way. So each, each time, you know, I'll get together in a writer's group and just be on the lookout for people that... Um, and I don't necessarily, when I try to form a group, look for people who are at the same skill level. Mm -hmm. I always look at potential rather than experience or how much someone has published and how likely they're, they're willing to be collaborative and cheer for each other's successes. So yeah. um, I'm always happy to bring a person in who hasn't published a thing if I think that there is potential and intelligence in their writing and a willingness to to give feedback to others and receive feedback. Because Meredith, you said something about 
um, somebody who's not willing to receive feedback. They just want, you know, um, accolades. Right, right. And then, and they're, or they're defensive about their writing and that can really shut everyone down if someone mm -hmm. argues, you know. Right. And how do you organize the logistics? Do you, does everyone share in advance and you go over all the participants work in a setting or do you, does one person share and that is the um, work that you all critique that time? Every group I've been in has been different. The one that Meredith and I are in now, the Mosley uh, critique group, we organize it that we meet um, from January to May and uh, two weeks before we meet, we exchange manuscripts and we try to keep to a pretty, over email, over email. Mm -hmm. um, and we bring hard copies that have been marked up and then we take uh, 20 minutes apiece for each person to um, talk about their, uh, that person's work. And we have a couple of rules. I mean, we, make, we agree on the rules at the beginning of each session, and they shift. But um, we mostly uh, say during the first, what is it, 15 minutes, the author is quiet, the writer is quiet, and receives the feedback in the last five minutes. Uh, the, they can the, ask questions, yeah. yeah. And then we've also changed it so it was 20 pages when it was a smaller group and 15 pages. started out at 30 pages. Oh, I wasn't there for that. <laughs> and it, was, it, became, yeah, it became 15 pages this year because it was a larger group. Mm -hmm. Although some people are sharing just essays and right. they're much shorter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only reason we can get away with that kind of volume is that several people share one or two page essays or... Uh, the, the other thing I want to mention about this group is um, I intentionally, when I started it with uh, two other people, we intentionally wanted to have various genre in the group. There's some genre-specific groups, like mystery groups or children's writers groups. We have people who write all different kinds of things. And I've found that you know, the, the benefit to that is you have a ready-made audience that um, is full of all different kinds of people, and you see how your work is... Um, received. The other thing too is uh, over the years we've had poets in our group and they're more likely to look at um, the rhythm in a sentence and the mm. word choice and they really are micromanaging those sentences and then we've had a writer who's a thriller uh, writer who writes thrillers and mysteries and he's plot, plot narrative tension so that really our skills complement uh, each other and it, it works yeah. out. I mean I can see the benefit of a mystery group or a children's writers group, but this really works out. Yeah, and I think it also gives you the freedom because I know you write in a lot of different genres. <laughs> Short attention span. <laughs> to, to, to bring whatever you're working on to the group, not mm -hmm. to feel like, oh, I can only share my YA work or whatever mm -hmm. with this group because that's what they're uh, focused on. I was telling Kristen a little bit about it, just saying that um, what was interesting is what kind of feedback, the different kinds of feedback you get from people. Some people give a very overarching um, sort of, yeah, sort of trying to f follow your story, and other people do copy editing. Mm -hmm. And, th you know, those things are always useful. Mm -hmm. We start out each session by talking about the elements that are useful to look at, like um, style, tone, voice, um, I mean, there, of course, some people are great at copy editing, so pe people do pay attention to that. But if it's fiction, character, plot, narrative tension, you know, the arc of the story, does it make sense? Is it credible? Um, or for essays, uh, frequently we'll talk about where can you place this? So um, 
everyone is in theory supposed to have those categories of comments in their mind and, and you hope that they will contribute in those categories too. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you help people in the group understand what makes for positive, honest feedback versus the kind of destructive feedback? How do you do that for folks? Or do you just hope model they, it? No, yeah. I think we model it. You know, yeah. I mean, there was... Um, Have you ever kicked anybody out? No. Come on, be honest. <laughs> no name. No need to name names. <laughs> at, the beginning, at the beginning of this group, and this group has been in existence about over 20 years, um, I was le less involved with... Um, being a gatekeeper because there were three of us that started it and a person did wind up in the group who was going through terrible personal stuff. I, I can imagine. I'm not sure. I didn't know her. And she gave vicious feedback feedback. And, um, she actually one of the, the gave feedback to a person who wound up crying. And, oh. um, and this this particular person went on to win two or three national awards for her writing. I mean, that's the other thing I want to mention, um, but uh, we're on this topic now. So I did not invite her back, and I, I sort of um, made that decision. You know, the, nobody's in charge of this group, but I've invested in it for 20-odd years, and so I just made the decision not to invite her back. And she didn't actually, actually ask to come back. I think she was so miserable about yeah. everything. But, yeah, and it, it can be, you know, there have been several times with this group that someone will write a highly, highly personal uh, essay that reveals um, facts about their lives or whatever. Um, so it's as if someone has their naked beating heart that they're extending forward at a first pass with a group of people. And um, I take that responsibility uh, really seriously because you don't want to crush someone's spirit. Right. And, um, right. Right. And I was just talking to Kristen earlier, too. The interesting thing is right now, there's at least three of us in the group that teach mm -hmm. also. And um, four. Four of us. And and I think that that's really, um, really interesting because it is a different kind of experience. Because when I teach, obviously, no one's reading my work and giving me any feedback, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. which I think is, is hugely important. But um one of the things I was going to say in the, the class, when I teach the class, I all, I have to be really clear about feedback. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think this group, everyone is so kind. I can't imagine someone ripping anybody, anyone, or anything like that. But but in class, I really have to be clear because you're, you are. You're taking this sort of very vulnerable group that's learning to write, and mm -hmm. you have to sort of say. And so one of the things we talk about is if you start with a positive comment, Yep. People are more likely to hear the next things that you say. Exactly. And and it's such a strange little trick to do. But if you say, Kristen, I just really loved this character so much. I just wanted to spend all this time with this character. But <laughs> yeah. I was a little I just felt like nothing happened in the chapter or whatever. And then and I don't know and I was sad about that because I wanted her to have an opportunity to do something. Right. Now that's something now Kristen's gonna start listening to that because I've just told her you did something amazing. Mm -hmm. you're, you're really killing it as a writer, but it could be better. And so that's the kind of way to really help people. Right. And you're right, you have to model it as, as an instructor. And I think we've done that at Mosley. We've always said start out with the positive. Start out with the positive. Yeah. Would you like? Would you like? Mm -hmm. um, and then did you have anything that got, what do I say? Anything that where you got stuck? 
Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's really important. They take helpful. you out of the story. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to sort of saying, where'd you stop reading? Mm-hmm. I always, you know, if like, I have a reading, like, where'd so you stop I was trying to, to, trying to posit it with, what did you not like? That's not mm-hmm. the whole day. It's, well, what, what stopped you? What yeah. did you? When did you stop believing? Or when did you, mm-hmm. yeah. when did you break out of the story and remember that you were reading a story or whatever? And that kind of thing. And I think yeah, that sounds like it'll be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard another um, idea for a good question. I can't remember the context of this, but I think it was a, the, a writing group context that was specific to a seminar, maybe. And the, oh no, it was a different, yeah, writing group for playwrights, actually, that I attended some time, some years ago. And the instruction was to ask what you wanted more of. What did you like mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. would want to see more of? Yep. And I thought that's a, such a lovely way. A gentle of way. Of mm-hmm. not only um, giving a compliment mm-hmm. that, you know, yes, Meredith, I think your character just <laughs> sings. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm right there with her. I want to know more about, right. mm-hmm. or I'd like to see more of her tackling a problem or something right. exactly. like that. Exactly. It's a Which really nice it. way to get well, at that. There's a two, the bottom line of, and this is what I look for too. I, I, you know, you're making a, a promise to other people in the critique group that you're going to help nurture whatever is blooming inside them. Um, and you don't want to do it in any way that's dishonest, like encouraging somebody with no talent in a particular area to keep pursuing that. But if there is this little bit of talent, then you want to nurture it and help it grow. And, and, and that's what I look for too, uh, with, uh, you know, inviting people in that they're going to honor their commitment to look at people's work. They're going to honor their commitment to, um, to, uh, be very careful and uh, meticulous about, uh, getting feedback and very careful with, new and budding artists I always try to get different age groups into a group because and different levels of experience because I feel like that like like as as a writer who's growing older I feel um there's almost an obligation to to reach out and to help nurture people who are younger who um may have far more talent I mean I've seen that in our group over the years of people going and winning national prizes having you know books published and um so anyway, yeah, no, I mean, and I think, I think what you're saying is really interesting. And, but I also think that there's, um, I think what Deb also makes clear too, is that there's this obligation as a participant to present your work in a professional way as well. So there's right. respect given, you know, and we you know expected. And so that I think you're not sending everyone something you're like, Oh, I just, scrawled this on a napkin last night (laughs) Uh, i mean people really do they're they're working hard at something they may not have succeeded in getting where they want to go at this point and maybe they haven't done 20 drafts so that's okay but it's not like they're handing you something that they don't even care about right now or something so i think that that's Hmm. that's i I think it's a i think it's a definitely um, both things are required i think that's why too uh we have fairly stringent guidelines about submissions um because uh so many of the people involved in the group have other jobs or multiple kids or other sorts of um life events going on that are not flexible so we have a very specific time after which you can't submit you just have to wait till the next cycle because um if things come in at the very very last minute you're imposing an emergency Mm -hmm. on someone else whose life may be 
extremely full and they just can't do it and they feel awful about it. And so um, I think it, it seems rigid, but I think it works best to have those sorts of parameters um, so that people know what to expect. Um, and then you hope people honor them. But, you know, this is, it's an informal group, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like you've learned a lot of really important and valuable um mechanisms for making it a successful and positive experience for everyone involved, which is super awesome. I love what you said about um, looking for what is blooming in mm-hmm. them or mm-hmm. in in this project, rather than imposing, we talked a little bit about yes, this, rather yeah. than imposing on that project whatever you might think right. it should be, right? but instead to take the attitude of what is it that this writer is trying to do here and Mm -hmm. how can I facilitate that um, evolution? Yeah. Not to reconstruct someone's work. Cause you know, I've had that happen, not in the Mosley group, but in other groups where you hand somebody something and then they want to rewrite the plot or they want to, you know, or they say this is really something else. Right. They don't get it. They They just don't don't get get it. it. Yeah. No. And we were talking about that a little bit too, that, um, getting feedback. Um, I think there's a tendency when people start writing that they, they, um, they'll go to someone, maybe they'll hire somebody, and the person will say, do the following things, and mm-hmm. they'll slavishly do it, yeah. thinking that that's what they have to do, as opposed to trying to think to themselves, is this what I want to mm-hmm. have happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's a very interesting process, and I think the other idea is also to think about when you're getting feedback, um, to think about... Um, why is this person feeling this way? Mm-hmm. And if the feedback is given in a really a good way, mm-hmm. like um, if you're trying to write a thriller, you might need to have more events happening. In right, book. right. Um, so then to look at your book and say, why did they not feel that there were enough events happening? You know, mm-hmm. Maybe I've killed off a bunch of people. Maybe it's not happening quick enough. Or mm-hmm. maybe it's not happening with enough tension. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they don't care enough. Mm-hmm. Like those are the kinds of questions to start asking yourself, not just... Oh my God! I've got to fix it. I've got to fix. I've got to fix it. I would think about what I can do. And um, the funny, the really funny example I had was I had written my first book, and I won a contest and I got it published. And then I had an agent, and so the, my second book was the first time I had really worked with her, right? And she read it, and then of course had maybe she just had an assistant, had an agent read it. She said, um, "We feel that it's too cold," <laughs> you know. And then of course they like you know you like you know. Beat your chest, hair shirt, whatever, cold, I'm emotionless, oh my god, I've written this book, and then, um, and I just thought a long time about it, and, um, and it had been set in early spring, and it was sort of flowers coming up, and I was like, and, um, and I thought to myself, cold, well, I'm gonna put it in the summer, (laughs) and someone said, oh, that's ridiculous, that's not what she meant at all, but it really helped, because it was, it forced me to revise, Mm-hmm. But also this whole thing of summer, it's just hot and everyone is just right. more anxious and angry and mm-hmm. tense than <laughs> it is the summer. And I did, I fixed it that way, but I did think it was funny because I was like, cold. Oh, well. <laughs> the opposite of cold is July in Brooklyn. <laughs> that makes me think of how we receive feedback. So, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, I've learned a few things. Um, one is that it's really good even though sometimes we have eight or nine people in a group and I'm ready to pull my hair out because six is actually the best number, it's nice to have seven or eight responses to the same manuscript because if you get the same feedback from three or four people, 
you know, pay attention to it. It uh, doesn't mean you have to necessarily change it the way they want, but if it's just one outlier and they don't seem to get it, well, that's, you know, that, that's a whole different story. I, I learned about this uh, when my husband was doing a fellowship. We were at, uh, he was at Yale, and I, it was, there was a fairly famous woman there who had a writing workshop. And I had just come out of taking a little writing course and gotten like straight A's, and I was feeling great about myself. So I sent her my straight A <laughs> short story. And she said, she called me up and said, uh, I'm not going to let you into the workshop. Um, um, this is good, but it's not great. So she hung up, I hung up, I cried for three days, and I decided mm. I was going to give up writing. At the end of the week, she calls me back, and she says, you know, I changed my mind. It's a pretty good story. <laughs> uh, so I became part of her workshop, and as I said, she, she's a, she wrote in the, for The New Yorker, and I was there for six months before we moved somewhere else. And at the end, she said, you have the most marketable material that's ever come through the workshop. And I didn't know because she was a little bit snooty if she meant that as a, you know, like commercial. commercial but I think she meant it as a positive that it was going to place, and, and, but maybe not in the New Yorker. But in any yeah. case, I realized fear, I had to be really careful about how much of my heart I handed over to somebody. Like I shouldn't have been so crushed when she said uh, mm -hmm. this sucked, and I shouldn't really take her, I mean, I should just take her comments for what they were about how this is going to sell and it's commercially great, you know. So anyway, uh, it made me realize you take feedback, but you use your brain when you take it in, you know. Right, right. As opposed to your heart and feeling like it's, I mean, I think it's, I think it's one thing to say like, oh, I'm sending it. I don't know. Maybe you have some writer that you think is the most amazing writer in the entire world, and you send them that your work and try to get like a quote or something, mm -hmm. and they say they hate it. Now, I mean, <laughs> now that that would be devastating. But I yeah. think that people attach too much importance to random strangers, and I can't even tell you how many agonies I've had to hear from writers about one negative Amazon review. Right. Like, right. Screw it. Right. I mean, right. I had yeah. I had a one star review, and it was someone who said. My book was too expensive. <laughs> I wasn't a self-published author. I didn't set right, the no price. Control, right. So what yeah. are they? What are they even talking about? You know, you just it's like, what was I gonna like spend the rest of my days? You know, fretting about this. And I being did the angry same. and just so. Uh, my Renaissance book got fantastic, um, fantastic reviews, and one person just said, "Oh, she missed," uh, and I forget what what era it was, and it wasn't even in the Renaissance, but. It's been 15 years, and I'm still thinking about, you know, oh, I got all these stars, but this person said she missed this. It's not in the Renaissance. And, you know, let it go. Yeah, let, let it go. go. I, can't, go. I can't read those reviews. No, so I, I feel like it's a totally them. different experience than getting critique oh, from yes. fellow yeah. writers or even from readers who are not writers. Sometimes I'll ask folks or people may offer to read who are not themselves writers. Right. And I love getting their feedback. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a different, it feels different, literally, like viscerally, it feels mm -hmm. different to get feedback um, in that context than to read the reviews that a person, yeah, a random stranger may have made yes. for my work. I don't, yeah, I just, I don't read them. Well, I had <laughs> something great and horrible happen. One of my, uh, I, I, Wrote Fatty in the Backseat, and it was uh, self-published, sort of, but uh, the Reading for Blind and Dyslexic picked it up and uh, put it everywhere. But it got pirated. And uh, I have a Google alert, so I know when things are happening. 
So I wound up on this message board with all these kids. It seemed like they must have been juvenile delinquents. And they loved this book. This book was great. And I thought, <laughs> oh, high praise from the people who have stolen my book. So it was one good and bad experience all at once. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be disconcerting. Well, but it was sure. nice because you know they're sincere. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. this book. I get better <laughs> than no other book I've stolen. Oh, my gosh. Oh, dear. Yeah, no, it is... Um, I think it's always just a real challenge to figure out where you're sort of where you have to park your ego because I think you can learn stuff. I mean, people say, oh, you know, they get reviews and whatever, and they, they, they read them and they think about what the people have to say. But I, I mean, I think for me, uh, you know, once you've published the book, you're finished with the book, there's nothing you can do to change it. So what, I don't know what the value, I mean, unless it's going to say like, I don't know if there's something. I, I also feel like there's a process that I go through, and I think I got this uh, from doing a lot of theater in high school. It's like the show was over, and I forgot all my lines. Right, yeah. I mean, it would be like two more weeks, and I'd be like, I can't remember my character's name. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think that that happens to me with a book. Like, I finish the book, and then I really have to compartmentalize it in order to start another one. And, yeah. and I think the danger is you end up driving around in a car with the, the same books in your trunk trying to sell them. Right. 10 years later because you haven't written another thing. Right. Yeah. That's exactly And right. I think that that's the sort of, to me, writing is about the journey, not about the one book. Yeah. And yeah. that's the saddest thing for me always is when there's an author, even if it's the most amazing book in the entire world, like To Kill a Mockingbird, mm -hmm. that she only wrote the one. Right. Yeah. Or one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's dead, so I can't imagine. I can't crush the little light inside her. And it was a good book. It, it was, was a very, very good, book. good book. But I just, that's to me is so sad because I think, um, what what did you do with her? Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, like, didn't she like to write? I would thought she liked to write because she. Well, my theory is there's still a lot of stuff under her bed somewhere. Mm -hmm. She burned it all. I don't know. But I, I feel the same way, and I've written a lot of magazine articles, and uh, I've written for newspaper, and once something is out, I can't bear to read it, because if, they, if they've made a mistake, or this happens a lot with essays, copy editors go ahead and put, or I don't know, some editor goes ahead and puts their own um, title, title, which yes. makes me crazy, because I write humorous essays, and they take the punchline, and they put ah, it in the title, ah. or they put something that's grammatically sort of incorrect in the title and I'm thinking I wouldn't read that if I was I would not because it has yeah. that yeah oh yeah so yeah it's, so yeah. I, I have a hard time reading anything that's actually got gotten out there because I can't do anything about it well so. I, that was the funniest thing though <clears throat> so the process of of publishing your novel as you know is you 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 publish it and it comes out and it's been a long time since you've seen it because they, <laughs> yeah, it takes a long time because they've had it for a while and you, you get this beautiful thing and you open it up and you're like who wrote this like right, you don't yeah. even remember right and then you have to go on tour exactly and, and now you have to pick a part to read and and all I found was like okay I want to read at the beginning because I, I try to write really you know punchy uh, exciting mystery beginnings, right? Mm -hmm. And all I would do is take a pencil and just carve that sucker mm -hmm. up. I'd be like, yeah. this is too slow. It's mm -hmm. not happening. And I'd tell yeah. when's the dead body coming. I need <laughs> to get there. And I would just chop the whole thing up. Yes. And then I had this sort of recurring like anxiety thing when I was signing books that I had signed that book that was filled with my pencil. I'd <laughs> 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 given it away. So uh, what secrets someone, were, yeah. What would someone think? And also, <laughs> then, oh, you have to go do it again. <laughs> uh, 
yeah. So yeah. So that that's so we all are always revising. I think if you gave writers an opportunity, they would probably revise every published book. Yes. They had to, they a million other ideas. Possibly, and, but I want to move on. I'm I do too. It's I don't painful for me. Once it's done, yeah. I don't want to look at. I don't want to be tempted to edit it. It's done. I want to move on to the yeah. next project, and that's what energizes me too. I. I'm excited about the books that I'm writing when I'm writing them, mm-hmm. but when they're when they're done, I'm sort of exhausted by them. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, enough. And then it's the new thing mm-hmm. that you use the phrase "new shiny thing" new shiny that thing. comes along that I want. <laughs> I want to get my hands on and yeah. get yeah. into. Back to critique groups too. I mean, I I find that if I have a, a ready-made audience, um, even if I had no ideas of what to begin. Just knowing in January, I have, you know, seven or eight people waiting mm-hmm. for me to produce something. Yes. It really is inspirational to uh, go ahead and, and get going on a project that maybe had been brewing in your back of your mind. And then when you get feedback, it helps shape it. You know, I, I think sometimes if you bring a project that's too raw to a group, you just get confused. Uh, it's not such a great idea. But if you bring a, a project that is somewhat formed it you know there's that that, that balance uh, then you can um yeah i've brought i brought books and i think having something that was more thought out and at least that i had finished a draft mm-hmm. uh, was much more helpful for me mm-hmm. um, and was that of a large work that you shared part of or was it yes. a short story yeah so so i yeah i sh- i shared i don't know if i've shared how long have I been in the groups? Yeah, I can't even remember I don't that. Know, maybe four years. Yeah. Um, did you take a year off? I took a year off last year, and this year was pretty much another year off. But I did. Sh- I did go and share um, the beginning of the YA mystery that really didn't feel like it had fallen for me mm-hmm. in, any, in any place. It didn't feel like it was in a comfortable place, and I don't think I've even gone to that feedback again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I listened to everyone's feedback, and I just thought. Huh. I'm just not sure where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. So I think it's challenging. And you don't want to bring anything that's too finished because I think... Then you resist anybody messing with it. Because you're like, oh, jeez. It's been like 12 drafts, you know. I'm not going to change her to a boy. I just can't. But I've learned not to send out stuff if I can hold off because uh, I wrote a, a short story called Gravity. And I thought, this is perfect. You know, I don't know if you feel this way. You start writing something, you feel like this is the worst thing I've ever written. Then you get over the hump and you think, this is perfect. And then you send it around and people notice these really obvious flaws and you go, shoot, not perfect. Um, But then you can reshape it into something that's way better. And with this particular story, I sent it out, not realizing that the bottom of it had tacked on um, a, a, an alternate ending, and I forgot to get rid of it before I sent it to oh. a journal that I really and I, you know, it was three pages down of it, so I couldn't notice until I got the feedback, and the feedback was so. What's this little <laughs> weird thing at the end? I went, oh no, why did I send it out? Because this this one uh, journal, I thought I think they might take it. It's just exactly mm. the kind of thing they put. Of course, they sent it right back because it had a weird double ending but so there's value <laughs> I liked that I don't know <laughs> uh, you know there's value in in getting feedback and, and they people catch the most glaring things that you don't see yeah it's true it's true and you know and I just think it's um it can be really helpful as you're getting ready to submit 
mm-hmm. and to sort of be more honest with everybody about what you're, where you are in your journey and what you're hoping to do. Um, and so that they can give you some feedback about, you know, if you're writing women's fiction or you're writing something in a genre that they can say, well, you know, maybe it'd be a little better to have a few more women in this book. Yeah, right. <laughs> it sounds a little sexist or racist. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've talked to some people out of particular language in a book and there was one person who used a name that was a real person and the person did not realize it was a real person and a famous real person and it would have been embarrassing to send that to an editor because it would have shown a certain certain lack of knowledge of this particular area that the person should have known I mean it's just oh yeah and the book that I moved from spring early spring to summer I had them watching a football game in there and, mm-hmm. and I had someone say you know there's no football in the summer it's just one of those things you read over a million times and you don't catch right and then someone says hey <laughs> and you go, oh yeah right <laughs> yeah no, so there's safety there's definite safety yeah, and the other thing I wanted to bring up too it which I feel is really important in a group is confidentiality I mean I, I um, not only that I feel like people should destroy your manuscript you know any kind don't leave any kind of digital history um, and don't talk about people's work outside the group and so uh, that's one of the things that we talk about in mostly group right off the bat that I don't show anyone's work to anybody else, period. Don't affect someone's scent. Something to an yeah, agent. agent or editor. I can't remember, was it me or something? I, my, my life is mixed up. I have my life mixed up with other people. I think they sent somebody else's work to, to an, an agent. agent. Yeah, went to, I mean, you just don't do anything like that. Mm-hmm. You have to be very respectful because it, it's... You know, there are legal uh, ramifications mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. doing things. Um, so we emphasize that right off the bat. Uh, uh, you know, make sure you only discuss the work in the group with the group member. Mm-hmm. And don't show it to a spouse or read it to your kid or whatever. Don't. It's not okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I would think that would go a long way to helping to establish that trust right. that you both have talked about as so important to a, a positive and productive critique experience right yeah wow we could probably talk for another hour but (laughs) (laughs) true that well this has been so great though thank you debbie thanks for sharing your experiences and your ideas i think they're so useful and um for folks who may be thinking themselves about starting a writing Mm -hmm. group Mm -hmm. how that some of your experiences can help folks avoid maybe some of the pitfalls that exist in gathering people together to share things that are near and dear and the product of hard work with folks who uh, may be getting right in and mucking around in it. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks so much. Well, thank you. This is a lot of fun. This is really great. Thanks. Well, that was just wonderful to have Deborah Prum with us and to uh, hear more about what makes a good writing group and, um, and, and yeah, think a little bit about writing communities and how writing in a, you know, writing doesn't have to always be a solitary thing all the time. Obviously you do need to shut the door to get some writing done, but it's great to come out and uh, talk with fellow writers and have their support. Yes. And that it can be energizing for returning to that cave where you get back into the writing. 
So I guess we'll return to our writing caves and um, be back next month um, with another writer, or we may be talking about other ways to find community. We're going to think about that a little bit in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So meanwhile, happy writing to you out there in listener world. Thanks for joining us.